Welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. Welcome back to the Nitty Blues Podcast. Today we are here to recap Penn State's 85-66 to victory over Indiana. Maggie, I have one question for you. Who's your daddy? <laughs> wow. Fun night in the VJC. I think this was a game that was a long time coming for Penn State. So really fun to be able to see them get a big win and to not... Um, not lead us on in the first half and then lose in the second. So this, you know, start to finish was a great game for the Nittany Lions. Glad your mom and her friend could join us for the game on night. Yeah, it was definitely a good time and uh, really enjoyed the game. And this was kind of the first time we've really seen Penn State play a full 40 minutes. Uh, We've had games in the past, like the Iowa game, where Iowa was able to claw back and almost win. Or... You know, we had other games against like Clemson where they came back and won. So to see Penn State really play a complete uh, 40 minutes and get a really big 20-point victory almost over the Indiana Hoosiers was uh, really awesome to see. No one really had a bad game tonight. Uh, The Nittany Lions finally had a a big night from downtown. They were 18 of 31 uh, for this game, 58% from behind the three-point line. So that was just you know, a huge performance tonight from our shooters where, you know, we've had games, uh, you know, shooting 20, even 30% lower. So the fact that they were able to capitalize and hit on so many threes tonight was really an X factor in this game. Uh, and a lot of those coming from uh, Andrew Funk, my, my communion prediction. I think <laughs> this is the first one that came true this year. I predicted him to have five three pointers and he said, Hey Vince, I, I listened to your <laughs> podcast. I'm going to raise you to seven. So uh, he looked really good tonight, and the shots were falling. And not only that, uh, you know, we played pretty good defense on an Indiana Hoosier team that has a lot of three-point shooters that are above 40% guys, and we held them to 4 or 14 shooting uh, you know, for a mere 29%. So definitely you know, a big kudos to this Penn State defense and really their, their shooters tonight. I remember at halftime when – uh, we were looking at the stats. I said, oh, we're not going, we're nine of 17 at halftime. And I said, there's no way we shoot above 50%. There's no way that Indiana is one for seven in the second half. And um, I was totally wrong. Uh, Indiana <laughs> was three of seven from three in the, in the second half. So they got a little better from three, but Penn state, uh, you know, credit to them. They shot even better in the second half. And, uh, you know, it was really awesome to, to see a game like this happen, especially after uh, a couple of tough losses against Purdue and Michigan in Big Ten play. Yeah, and I think speaking of giving credit, we do really have to give um, me credit for ordering the Shrewsburger at the field for dinner before the game. So had that, had some nice peanut butter on the burger, got the Coach Shrews special. I did substitute um <laughs> cheddar cheese for the american cheese but i really think that's what gave the nittany lions the edge going into this game 
Yeah, you hear that, Coach Ruse? You, you got to go with Chatter over American on, on the Shrews. <laughs> that, that made the difference today. Made the um, difference today. I'm, I'm kind of skeptical of the, the peanut butter on the burger. So I went with uh, Coach Keeger's burger, the Juicy Lucy. So had that today. That was pretty good. Uh, I, I was hoping the Chipotle aioli would have been a little spicier. But you know, overall, solid <laughs> burger. Uh, happy with it. So we got both the men's and the women's basketball coach. Uh, burger. So it'll be interesting at the time we're recording. Uh, Penn State is actually probably just rounding up uh, their game at Nebraska against the Cornhuskers. So it'll be kind of cool to see if both teams were able to get a win tonight when we got to the field and got uh, both of the coaches respected burger. Yeah. So could be our new superstition. Yeah. New superstition. <laughs> uh, saw a lot it. of good things tonight. Uh, in the, the first half, uh, Things started off a little bit slow. Uh, it looked like there were a couple of missed assignments defensively, and, and Indiana was able to get a few easy buckets, and it seemed like Penn State was having a little bit of a hard time finding their footing. It was pretty competitive that uh, first 10 minutes. Really, Seth Lundy was a one-man <laughs> show today yeah. and doing all the scoring in the first half before Andrew Funk started to heat up and Hit a couple of threes from downtown. And uh, speaking of Seth Lundy, we had a couple uh, fun things to celebrate tonight. We celebrated Miles Dredd. This was his first time in the BJC. So he was celebrated for scoring his 1,000th point uh, against the Michigan Wolverines last week. So he was celebrated today. And today he passed that torch and honor to Seth Lundy as uh, he scored his 1,000th <laughs> point as a Nittany line and it really came on a, an awesome bucket and a great way to get uh you know that milestone as he had an amazing slam with 624 left in the game exclamation point really putting the dagger in the Indiana Hoosiers yeah that was just I mean he was heating up early in this night and we could really tell oh this is gonna be something special and I think I mean going into it I didn't know how many points he was at for his career. I didn't realize that he was uh, this close to this big milestone. So to learn that and be able to celebrate in the BJC when he um, passed that 1000 point was pretty exciting. Yeah. 1000 points is a huge deal. So actually now that I wonder how many teams in the NCAA <laughs> can do this, probably not many. Uh, we can put a starting lineup with five different 1000 Point scorers. You got Seth Lundy, Miles Dredd, uh, Andrew Funk from his time at Bucknell. He had uh, over 1,200 points before coming to the Nittany Line program. And then we have both Jalen Pickett and Cam Winter being over 1,500 points uh, from their first five years. So, you know, a lot of uh, really good uh, players and scorers on Penn State. And, you know, hopefully we can get some to 1,500 and some more to 2,000. Yeah. And I think to today we were a little concerned about the Miles Dread. Um, I don't want to say slump, but he hasn't been as hot as he usually is. And especially on a night when you are seeing so many of your teammates just hitting three after three after three, the way we saw from, you know, Andrew Funk and um, Seth Lundy had some threes. And I think um, did Kanye Clary get a sneaky three 
Yeah, he hit one in towards the end of the game. So, you know, second half kind of on that big Penn State run to really extend it from like, uh, you know, 12 to 20. Yeah. So, I mean, it it's a bummer that Dredd wasn't able to be part of that momentum, but mm-hmm. I would rather have a Dredd cold streak now mm-hmm. than at the end of the season when, you know, we're in tournament play or contesting, you know, games against really really tough teams. So it's like, all right, we can ride this out because it will be hopefully that much sweeter on the other side. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, Seth Lundy injured his ankle against Canisius and, you know, it, it almost seemed like the end of the world that uh, Seth Lundy had an injury and then he was out against Quinnipiac. And then we were like, Oh, he's coming back too early against Delaware state. And um, here he is now with 1000 points. And uh, you know, that's, you know, awesome to see. And, you know, it's really fun to watch when he gets going uh, along with, uh, you know, Funk. Uh, and actually, an interesting stat that I looked up was when Funk is not in double figures and scoring, Penn State is in trouble. Penn State has lost all of those games that mm-hmm. he has not been in double figures. And the, the two that we lost that he was in double figures were an overtime loss at Clemson and then that two-point loss against Virginia Tech. So when Andrew Funk is on, Penn State's on. So he's definitely, you know, an, an X factor in that game. So if you if you're an, an opposing team in the Big Ten, that's the guy you got to look to shut down. You know, a lot of the attention often goes to Jamlin Pickett, and um, he was a little bit quieter tonight. He did more work as a facilitator, having eight assists. Um, and early on, he wasn't hit, hitting shots. Kind of later in the second half, he got going a little bit more and. You know, finished five of ten from the field for uh, twelve points, and two of them were from downtown. It is really nice to see Pick getting his uh, three point game going again after he kind of had a, a little bit of a slump in that you know de- December ish kind of stretch. So you know, really good to see him get that three point game going because you know he's a monster in a post, and you know when he gets that three point shot going, he's pretty much unstoppable. Yeah, and I think too it is. It felt reassuring tonight that Jalen Pickett can have a quieter night, but that other players can really step up and make those points. Because I think in some of the games recently, sometimes it feels like Jalen Pickett's the only one (laughs) that is on. So for, you know, for a game like this where he's able to, like you said, take on more of a facilitator role, he's not putting up 20 points, but he's helping his teammates put up. 20 plus points. I think that that really speaks to his um, just the strength of him as a leader and as a uh, I just think he has really great vision on the court. And so, you know, sometimes it's like he's a one man show out there, but it is also really nice when he can help his teammates shine. Yeah. And this was a really good team performance uh, overall. Like no one really had a bad night tonight. Cam Winter kind of looked more like his normal self. He was four nine from the field for uh, eight points, two rebounds, six assists. He had a good game. I thought Kevin did pretty good uh, defensively. Uh, you know, didn't do too much offensively. Uh, you know, got two points and one of two shooting, and but he had five rebounds and assist. He had a nice block on defense, two steals, no turnovers tonight. So, you know, I thought. Kemba overall had a, a pretty good performance. He, you can tell that he's really good on the defensive end, just uh, you know, altering shots with his wingspan. Miles Dread, uh, he, he was quieter tonight, but you know, he he didn't do anything to hurt to the team. He only shot once, 
Uh, got two rebounds and an assist, no turnovers. So he had a good game. Kanye Clary didn't get that many minutes. Well, he got got eight, but uh, you know, looked good out there. Hit a, hit a really clutch three at a, at a point where Penn State really just kind of extended the lead and really put the nail in the coffin for the Hoosiers. He also had uh, two assists, which is really important uh, when you're looking at a potential future point guard for Penn State when Jalen Pickett does graduate. And uh, had a nice steal on defense. So, you know, it's nice to see him being quick and active and using his strengths. And really, uh, one guy who had a big coming out party. And I don't know if it's necessarily a coming out party, but just gets better and better, stock up each week, is Evan Mahaffey, Aaron Mahaffey. So he had 12 points. That is a career high for him. He had three rebounds with four or four from the field, didn't mi- miss a shot, uh, three or four from the free throw line. Uh, had a steal on defense. It just whenever he's around the ball, something good seems to happen. What what are your thoughts on Evan Mahaffey's performance tonight? Yeah, I mean he's he's someone that we've we have been talking about. I think more and more as the season goes on, and I think every week he steps up even more. And he's not. I don't want to say we're surprised because I think we all see the potential there, but he really just is able to shine week after week and, you know, keep scoring new high point totals for himself. Um, We're joking like, man, he's a point guard and a center at times, you know, he's um, so athletic and you can see that when he is serving as more of a guard. And then you can also see how, how physically strong he is down in the post and the, the, ability that he has to really jump and contest for rebounds. And I think he's, um, we're seeing his maturity as a player emerge. And I mean, he's just, he's really fun to watch. I think he brings, uh, energy to the, to the, especially to the offense that's fast and fun. And, you know, he's, he's moving quickly. And I think sometimes, you know, maybe a little too quickly, maybe sometimes it looks a little chaotic, but I think it's just, uh, a great boost to be able to have a player that athletic and that energetic. And I believe he was the only one that got to the foul line tonight. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's another topic of conversation that I want to get to next. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Evan Mahaffey, his, his athleticism is, is off the charts. It's, it's insane. I've never seen anyone jump like he does you know, in my time watching basketball and, you know, even athletics in general, like, if Evan Mahaffey had no interest in basketball, he would be an elite volleyball player. Uh, I I think he'd be an elite or high jumper, jumper. <laughs> high jumper, <laughs> triple jumper. Yeah. Like you know, his athleticism is just man, it's incredible, and the way he moves and you know the wingspan especially helps out on the defensive end. And like really, uh, like the Indiana player when he got that steal today, it, it didn't look like a bad pass. It's just. Evan Mahaffey can do things that other human beings like, don't. And he just like jumps so high and got a deflection on the ball and the ball kind of went straight up and no one can out jump him. So when he hits the ground, he just jumps up again and grabs it. So, you know, really incredible performance and really the past couple of games, he's really been getting going offensively and his teammates are finding him, um, you know, and obviously he can use that athleticism to finish strong at the rim. And he even had a three pointer tonight. So it was really uh, good to see him uh, sink a three because his percentage isn't necessarily uh, super high, but the, the more shots that he sees going, uh, you know, the more confident he's going to get and the 
the more comfortable he's going to feel hitting those shots in, in big time situations. So, uh, you know, another topic that we did get to uh, was, you know, fouls and Penn State, uh, you know, they they committed 15 fouls tonight and Indiana committed 10. And Coach Shrewsbury uh, made a point, you know, with his technical foul against Purdue, and he's saying all these teams we're playing against are getting a lot more free throw opportunities, and, you know, our guys are not getting fouls called on them. And, you know, he's kind of making the point that, yeah, we shoot a lot of three-pointers, but our offense is being disrupted because, you know, there's a lot of grabbing and and things of that nature that the refs are just really, you know, either not seeing or, or not calling. And, I think I read an article uh, where they said Penn State was ranked 350 in free throws attempted in the NCAA, and there was only like two teams below them. So wow. uh, I think you know this is really being kind of getting under his skin, and he he pretty much just said, "I don't care if I have to get a technical foul, I'm gonna, I'm going to stand up for my guys, and you know uh, you know have you know definitely put his voice out there for his guys and." You know, as a player, that's what you want your coach to do. You want the coach to have your back because as a player, you definitely can't be mouthing off to the referees that, you know, the referees aren't going to hand, you know, really take that. Uh, the referees will listen to the coaches, uh, you know, more to the players. Cause when you're a player and, you know, you're competitive and, you know, have a big ego, you know, you, uh, you think you're fouled when you're not necessarily always fouled and think you don't commit any fouls. And so, Referees are, are more willing to take a little more from coaches, you know, if they're if they don't think the uh, the game's being called fairly. And uh, credits to Penn State's players; they really never complain or, or get in arguments with the officials. Uh, so, you know, that's just just a credit to their their character and discipline uh, and toughness that this team has. And uh, I think that's something that's really great. And you know, I, I do hope that uh, Penn State does get more of these calls because. Indiana shot 18 free throws tonight and Penn state only shot four. So this is a, another <laughs> one of those games where uh, the free throws are very lopsided. What are your thoughts on, uh, you know, coach Shrew's comments and kind of how this game played out? Do you, do you kind of feel the way that, that he does? Well, yeah, I remember saying to you during the game, Vince, that you, you know, you can't miss free throws <laughs> if you're not shooting free throws. So, Penn State did have a very high, um, well, for, I think for a while they were like two for two and we were like, oh yeah, you know, this is a high free throw percentage, but it definitely was, I think a little absent tonight. I didn't, you know, it's, it's basketball. Things are going to happen. Referees are going to miss calls. People are going to be upset, you know, but I, I do really think that it, evens out in the end. And I think tonight I didn't, I didn't really see that. I didn't really feel like it was super lopsided. I think some, uh, some other games I've really noticed that it's like, Oh man, I disagree. <laughs> I politely disagree <laughs> with that call. Um, but I, I am, I, I agree with you that I don't think there's, I don't think there's a sort of diva mentality that we see from Penn state. I don't think players are, whining and complaining, but I do think that it is, it was right of coach Cruz to speak up about this. And, you know, I'm surprised to learn that Penn state ranks, um, so, so low in this measure. It's kind of funny. We've been like surprised a couple of times this year by Penn state having random stats that are like, Oh, wow. It turns out they're 
they have what the fewest turnovers Mm -hmm. and then so it's like wow they're (laughs) they're like really excelling in all these kind of random metrics or they're at the very bottom of the list so that was interesting to learn yeah, and uh, yeah, I think some of the crowd might have disagreed with you. Uh, I, I thought there were maybe um, a handful of plays that maybe the officials missed, but you know those plays, I I, I could definitely like, only count on one hand. So you know, I think they're like the, the one time Jalen Pickett, I think, got fouled and, and the officials missed it, and uh, you know there were there were a couple other ones where I was like, eh, like kind of, but you know, it wasn't anything like super egregious or, or anything. And, you know, when you're a team that shoots a lot of threes, like Penn state does uh, over half their shots went from three, unless like you're, you're jumping into the shooter and, and not giving that three point shooter a, a spot to land. You're, you're not going to get many whistles from the officials. So I, I think part of that is their, their style of play. But, you know, I thought, I thought for the most part, it was uh, pretty good tonight. And, you know, speaking of that sad about turnovers, uh, Penn State played some really clean basketball tonight. They only had five turnovers. Indiana had nine, so that made it made a big difference. Penn State had six steals. Indiana only had one, so they did a really good job of taking care of the basketball tonight. And uh, you know, really that and the, hitting the three pointers tonight, those were definitely the the two biggest X factors uh, in the game tonight that led to Penn State's victory. Yeah, I mean, those are really all the notes I have. I feel like a it was a pretty cut and dry game. Yeah. Uh, so I think we should move on to players of the game. Do you have any players that you would like to award the Mahoney Mahler to? <laughs> well, I think there's, oh gosh. Well, I guess I, I'm confident that there are, are three people that deserve this award. And I think we're, we're each going to say the same three people. So at this point it's like, <laughs> you know, everyone that we're thinking of, will get an award. So I'll just kick it off. Um, I think Evan Mahaffey deserves the Mahoney Mahler award. Um, you know, this is the biggest offensive showing we've seen from him so far and also really consistent and strong on defense, prompting some um, fast breaks with his steals and, you know, just raising the tempo of the game. So Mahoney Mahler to Evan Mahaffey. That that's a good award, and I think that's very fair. Um, he's definitely shown himself to be a guy that should be in the rotation uh, every single game. And you know, kind of we have that starting five: Pickett, Funk, Lundy, Winter, Jai. And then you got Miles Dredd as your sixth man. You got Evan Mahaffey, and then I think you've seen Coach Cruz kind of rotate and give uh, sprinkle some other guys just you know five minutes here and there. You saw Kanye Clary get eight. Uh, Dallian Johnson had four, Mikey Han had two. And yeah, I, I think he's just sprinkling and experimenting still for the, that eight spot uh, to try to see, you know, what the matchups are for the other team, what's working. And um, I think uh, coach Shrews does a really good job of figuring out um, who's scoring and um, you know, what the plus minus is like when the players are on the floor versus when they're off the floor. So I think he's been doing a, a really good job of that. And, you know, today, uh, same thing. So I have a, I have a question for you. You had a, a prediction that um, Evan Mahaffey would start tonight for your communion prediction. Uh, do you think that uh, he should be starting? Yes. Yes. <laughs> who, uh, who do you think he would start over? Well, I'm, I guess I'm 
I think it would be exciting to see Evan Mahifi do the tip off. Okay, so uh, him taking yeah. Jai's spot, and, then- and I think they could, you know, once the game actually get gets started, they would rotate a lot over the course of the game. Oh yeah, like Kevin should obviously still yeah. play, like you know. <laughs> Uh, we're not saying that he shouldn't see the floor, but, uh, you know, getting them both 20 minutes, I think, would be a, a fair kind yeah. of statement. And maybe those two could kind of rotate in because, um, you know, most pretty much all those other guys that are getting consistent minutes, they're three point shooters. And, you know, you can't really have Mahaffey and Jai on the floor at the same time just because that can kind of disrupt that floor spacing. So to have them kind of go on and off, I, I think, is a, you know, a good game plan for Penn State. Yeah. And. You know, it's kind of one of those like one of those things. I remember a AAU coach saying to me, "It doesn't matter who starts the game, but it's who finishes the game." I so. mean, yeah, that's a good point too <laughs> because you know if you don't start and and you get like thirty minutes and the guy who starts gets like twenty, like what well, what would you rather have? Like you yeah. know, the player would have would rather have thirty minutes. So you want, when you're a competitor, you want to be on the floor as many minutes as possible and playing as many minutes. So. You know, in the end, it doesn't really matter. It's just a fun thing to speculate about as you know, as we're fans and enjoying the game. Uh, so moving on to uh, some other players, I have to give the uh, Fidali Fighter Award. It, it, this one is really tough because uh, I did see two really outstanding performances, but due to the the uh, specialness of the occasion. I think the tiebreaker has to go to Seth Lundy to me for the Fidali fighter. He really, you know, kept the team in it and kept the team from falling behind early in the first half. And he was hot tonight, nine to 17 from the field, 25 points, six rebounds, seven for 12 from downtown, two blocks on the defensive end, really incredible performance, zero turnovers. You just, Seth Lundy looked like Superman out there tonight. And I think that dunk where he got, 1,000 points, that just was kind of the one play that indicated the type of night it was. Like, it is, it was really fun to, you know, see him really being aggressive, just shooting those three-pointers without hesitation. So I have to give him that award. And I yeah, think, you know... I, I knew that you wanted to give it to him. So I was yeah. like, I could give it to Seth, but I know Vince Vince really wants to give that <laughs> to yeah. Seth Lundy. Yeah, and, and the other guy making my first communion prediction come true for the basketball season, at least that I can remember, has to go to Andrew Funk. Uh, he exceeded expectations tonight. He's been cold the past couple of games, and you know, you've know you seen Penn State struggle as a team, and, and that's been part of the reason of it. But he was lights out today, and you know definitely the reason why they won. Uh, you know, He was 23 points from the field, four rebounds and assists, eight of 13. So he had the highest percentage of any player on the team, so his – shooting percentage was even better than Seth's. Uh, he was also seven and 12 from the field and had a steal on defense. So, you know, you know, big time uh, plays from two big time players and Seth Lundy and Andrew Funk. So that's why I'm giving those, them those awards. And then, you know, Evan Mahaffey not missing a shot, getting into <laughs> double figures for the first time in his career, you know, definitely worthy of, of the other awards. So this was a just, really great team performance and kind of one of those nights where you're just like, man, I wish Penn state play this good every single night. Oh yeah. And I think the, maybe the note will end the, the IU pod on before we get over to the Wisconsin preview is 
just you know the the Indiana warmups are are so interesting in that they, I guess that I was a little surprised to see the the bowling shirt over the the striped breakaway pants look like warmups for a clown college and not like a respectable public well, it, university. It is really funny because I think you kind of nailed the head nail on the head with you know, the bowling comment, because if you look at their warm up t-shirts, it, it's kind of like a polo, but it has the buttons like all the way down the shirt. So it looks like a bowling shirt. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, I didn't even notice that. And so that was pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, my mom's friend, she was saying how like, you know, you know, with their striped pants, they look like they're, you know, serving popcorn at a carnival. So yeah. I feel like if like Bob Knight wasn't at that school, those, those warmups would not be, you know, what they are. If Bob yeah. Knight didn't like build that tradition of, uh, you know, winning, uh, you know, for Indiana basketball. So kind of a, a funny thing that, you know, they still have those uh, yeah. kind of out of, out of style uh, warmups. But I mean, good for them. But it's just kind of funny to, <laughs> to see. I was a little surprised by the I guess I, I knew that the pants were coming, <laughs> but I was a little surprised by the bowling shirts yeah and you know if you look at their fan base their fans always have those, those uh, sweatpants they love those sweatpants so Probably you know really for, for the Hoosiers uh you know those sweatpants will never die and uh <laughs> those will stay with Indiana forever but uh we'll move on to Wisconsin because <laughs> uh you know this is really exciting this is an opportunity for Penn State to move up in the Big Ten standings if you look at the Big Ten standings uh Penn State's uh not looking too bad. So we're sitting three and three right now. Uh we're at number seven. Ohio State is eight at two and two. So we'll see how their games play out over the, the next couple of days. And then you got Indy or uh, Illinois at number nine, two and three. So Penn State's clearly above them. You got Rutgers at six at three and two. Wisconsin's at three and two. So that you know, this is an opportunity to move up. Uh, you know, over the Badgers and it, Penn State, their three losses are to three Big Ten teams that only have one loss. So you have uh, Purdue and Michigan State leading the charge. They're four and one in conference play. You got Northwestern at three and one, and then the Michigan Wolverines at three and one. So even though Penn State, you know, has lost, you know, some tough games, it, it is to the, the teams that are at the top of the conference. So. Um, you know, if you're looking at, uh, you know, March Madness, this isn't necessarily going to hurt the resume quite as much should they have lost to a team like Minnesota, who's towards the, the bottom of the standings, or even the Indiana Hoosiers tonight, or Iowa, who's two and three in the standings, Illinois. So, you know, kind of in the re retrospect and uh, how things have played out, you know, the losses are not too bad. And Penn State has a big opportunity uh, heading into Tuesday, Tuesday night. This Badger team. Uh, has some good wins and uh, has some you know tough losses. However, this Badger team and program is definitely known for two things. Wisconsin is known for really good defense, and they play a lot of uh, low scoring and close games. So if you look at their schedule this year, um, they play the Dayton Flyers. They win forty three to forty two. You know, so that's a you know a good team who's been really doing well the past couple of years. Then the next day, they play the Kansas Jayhawks. They lose sixty nine to sixty eight in overtime. So they're competitive with with one of the best teams in the entire country. 
Uh, USC, they win 64-59. Wake Forest, they lose the close one, 78-75. Marquette, they win in overtime, 80-77. Maryland, close win, 64-59. Iowa, on the road, uh, tough win in overtime, 78-75. You know, scrolling down farther. Minnesota, who's really the only team in the Big Ten without a winning record, they only win 63 to 60. And then the past couple of weeks, they've been a little bit of a slump. They lost to Illinois by 10, 79, 69. And they also lost to the Michigan State Spartans, 69 to 65. So this is a team you know, that plays a lot of close games. However, they have a lot of relatively low scoring games and a lot of defense. Uh, looking at uh, some individual players, They don't have too much offensively. The two guys that Penn State really needs to lock on around the perimeter are Hepburn and Asijan. Those two are really good players around the perimeter. Uh, They have an extremely high three-point percentage from the field. You got Hepburn, who is at 48.5%, so he's going to make about half of his three statistically. You got Asijan, who hits 45.6%. Uh, those are the two guys that Penn State absolutely has to lock down on the perimeter. And if you're looking at points on the interior, uh, they have a center, Crowell, who's pretty good on the inside. He averages about 13 points a game, uh, six, six rebounds. So he's going to be good in the perimeter. Uh, I do think Keba is going to be able to compete with him. He is seven feet tall, so he will have a little bit of size. But Keba has shown that uh, he can compete with centers at that level who are a little bit bigger than him. And I think Keba's going to be all right in this matchup. He's not going to be you know, dealing with a guy with elite post moves like a Hunter Dickinson, like uh, Zach Eady. It's, it's not going to be super hard. Uh, you know, I'm sure uh, Crowell's going to win win some battles, but um, I think Kemba will hold his own. And then also the the, the uh, forward uh, Tyler Wall is also good. He's their leading scorer at uh, 13.2 points per game. He is a six nine senior. So Penn State, uh, I think they will have their hands full. I think it's going to be a really low scoring game. I think. Kind of the keys are, you know, Keba doing a good job in the post. And, you know, I think uh, Evan Mahaffey will even be able to guard him just because of of his ability to jump and his wingspan. I I think that'll make up for some of the size differentials. So I think those two guys will be able to kind of team up uh, against Crowell and, you know, handle him in the post. I think uh, Seth Lundy can hang out with uh, Tyler Wall and then hoping that uh, Funk and Pickett can really lock down uh, Hepburn and, you know, Asijan on the perimeter. Maggie, what are your thoughts uh, heading into this game? Yeah, it seems like it is, you know, Wisconsin is a team that has the diverse, diverse ways they can score. They're not just so reliant on one person. So I think that gives uh, an opportunity for Penn State's defense to really step up and, put the pressure on. So uh, I think this will be a, a close game and I think it will be an exciting one to watch, but I, it does seem like it's one that Penn state could walk away from as the winners. And I think that this, this game tonight versus 
Indiana might be just a little bit of momentum swing that the Nittany Lions needed to get out of a tough couple games and really start to put the heat on. Yeah, and uh, Penn State and Wisconsin, uh, these always are really close basketball games. And, you know, they're always low scoring. It, I, it doesn't matter if one team's good and one team's bad. They always seem to play out that way. <laughs> and actually, I, I think I was in high school when this one game happened. I think Penn State ending, ended up winning the game uh, 35 to 33. Wow. And that was the score of the game. And you're just like, what the heck? This is this must be a football score, like not a basketball <laughs> score. So uh hey, lo- a win's a win. Yeah, a lot of low scoring games. Uh Maggie, my my question for you. What is your communion prediction heading into this matchup when the Nittany Lions face Wisconsin on Tuesday? My communion prediction is that Evan Mahaffey starts. Same prediction, Evan Mahaffey starts. <laughs> Am I allowed to do the same prediction two weeks in a row? I mean, if you think it's going to happen, you know, you should definitely say happen. it. You should definitely yeah. say it, yeah. Well, um, and I, I put that out there last week, and Evan Mahaffey had probably one of the best games we've seen. Oh, that's a good prediction. So um, some manifestation. Yeah, I was thinking about going with Mahaffey for a prediction, but I feel like I feel like I should steer it away. I was thinking that he might get his first double double, oh. maybe get like ten points and ten rebounds. So maybe that will be my one A, and <laughs> I'll say my my one B communion prediction is that I think Miles Dread is gonna hit a really clutch three at some point in the game, and you're gonna go, "Hey, that was really important." Like last yeah. two minutes of the game, or right before the half, or to end a scoring drought. I think uh, Miles Dread is gonna have a nice game, and I, I think you're gonna see him hit a big three at uh, one point. Yeah, we've been missing the clutch threes, so I'll, I'll be excited to have them come back. Yeah, so you know, I made the prediction last week that Funk was going to get out of his kind of slump over the past week, which he did. So I'm one for one for people getting out of slumps. Uh, I don't think (laughs) Miles will will necessarily have that high of a volume, but I I do think there is going to be one point in the game where you just see Miles Dredd hit a clutch three, just like we've seen him do so many times in the past for Penn State. And you're going to be like, yep, that that was a huge factor in winning the game. Yeah. And we'll go to the field and we'll sit in the same booth and we'll order the same food and we'll wear the same clothes <laughs> and your mom and her friend will come back and everything will be the same. And then we'll be two for two with our superstitions. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> we'll get my get my uh, family up for uh, for a dinner at the field again. But hey, if that's what it takes for Penn State to win, uh, I would definitely mom, be to. Willing, willing to do it. Uh, so final score, Maggie, what do you got? Penn State 65, Wisconsin 62. Okay, so taking Penn State to win again. Yes. So you don't think they're going to lose a game this season? <laughs> no. Well, I, I think they'll lose plenty of games. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just like to put a, a winning score out there. Always putting a winning score. So I, we do play Wisconsin twice this year. I do think they will split. So I think they're going to split one way or another. Okay. But I do think 
I will go with Penn State winning on the road. I'll say uh, 58 to 56. So really low scoring game. I think they do just enough to get it done. Wisconsin's, you know, in a little bit of a slump. So I think we're getting them at a good time. They have, they'll have a game on Saturday against Indiana Hoosiers. So if you want to do your own reconnaissance, (laughs) Smith Me Lion fans, they'll be playing Saturday uh, on the big 10 network, I believe. So you'll be able to catch that game. And, you know, they, they might come in Tuesday with some tired legs after playing the Hoosiers and the Hoosiers, you know, they're a big basketball program and they're, they're desperate to get a win. In fact, they were desperate tonight and, you know, Penn state blew them out of the water. And I, I expect Indiana to really play tough with Wisconsin and Wisconsin, you know, look at their Minnesota game. They have a way of playing down to their level of competition. So, uh, you know, I think this is you know going to be a tough game for Wisconsin and, you know, hopefully Penn State uh, can take advantage of, you know, this kind of mini buy that they have to get their legs back mm-hmm. under them and really be ready to uh, attack Wisconsin. And you know, Penn State, I think, has looked really good at, uh, you know, the season. They've never been out of a game. You know, they were ahead of Purdue for a half of basketball. Uh, you know, they were down by – 11 points to Michigan. They wanted an 11 0 run to take tied up with about 10 minutes in the second half and Michigan state, they were competitive, uh, you know, Virginia tech Clemson, they were competitive. So, you know, all their games, they they've been, they've been there. So, uh, you know, I really liked how, uh, they played today and they had their best one of the season. And I think, I think this has a really good chance to carry over. So that, that's why I'm going to take the Lions to win. All right. I like it. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, got all my thoughts out. <laughs> yeah, so Maggie approves of the Shrews burger. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going with the uh, Coach Kiger burger. Uh, however, if uh, Penn State does make the NCAA tournament this year, I will be holding my end of the bat. I will be getting a Shrews burger at the field. So extra peanut butter. Extra peanut butter if they win the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, definitely be exciting. Uh, but if you would like to support the pod, please tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review so other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening. And we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. Thanks for listening. And see you next time.